But man, was that a red hot rumor. Right after he ran, right after he did it, you're beginning to hear how good he is. And we're barely into March. There has been no pro days yet. Franchise tags are coming tomorrow, and the new league year begins next week. This is just going to be a, a fun ride. There's a potential for a hell going on month of Mar- uh, March in 2023 again. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Thomas and Mac getting ready for ladies' basketball semifinals tonight, setting up the final tomorrow night, and then the uh, men play during the day tomorrow, UNLV Runner Rebels. We'll be playing along with Nevada. Check that. Thursday, Nevada is up. I keep uh, thinking everyone's playing on Wednesday, but no. Uh, Nevada earned the bye by finishing in the top five. Uh, conference news for the tournament. Runner Rebels will be without one of their better guards in Keyshawn Gilbert. Rich Eisen on the way back there just talking about Indy and the rumors around uh, some of the draft prospects like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. The hunger for the NFL is strong. It never goes away. And now we've got this franchise tag stuff and all these mature quarterbacks in the National Football League who are moving, have moved, could move, could be in contract squabble. So a bunch going on here. We always start off the 4 o'clock hour in Reno and Vegas with the Big Four. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. We have a good cast of people on the show because we listen to sports radio. We like sports TV. And we're not only hosts, but we're fans. So I, I love hot takes and watching fights go down, fake or real. John, you noticed one last week talking about New York sports. On uh, So, again, it was on first take. It was Michael K against Molly and Stephen A. So I'm, I'm really happy there was an addition to the story because I wanted to send this audio in last week and I totally forgot. So he's on, Michael K, on first take last week. And Molly, <laughs> I love the way she – it's not in this clip, but she she's like, I've got a great one. Michael, which New York franchise is winning a title next? I have a good one. I think it's an interesting one. Which team in New York do you think wins a championship next? Rangers. Oh, Lord. Come on, Patrick Kane they is able. They don't count. They don't count. Take they don't out. count. They don't count. Only Chris thing I know about hockey, hockey is, is that the puck is black. black. Okay. And I love you, Gary Bettman. Huh? That's my buddy for, for who I always trip to the hockey game. Right. I don't know why she's speaking like underneath everyone. Just wait. Right. But they all just start screaming about the Rangers. But you hear Molly Karam, they don't count. Yep, that doesn't count. Stephen A. adds his, the only thing I know about hockey is that the puck is black. As I tweeted out, yes, like when that clip came out, I retweeted that. Luckily, ESPN's not a partner with the NHL or anything like that. Except that they are. It's in their, their, their second year after they bought rights to broadcast the games. So I was amazed, right? Because I'm like, that's that's insane that your biggest platform, first take, is audibly going. Like, all you had to do there was go, oh, okay, I understand it, but what about baseball, right? Like, you can find your way around it. Well, apparently, shockingly enough, Michael Kay on his show on Yes added to the story today. The NHL, not happy. Apparently, the quote was they are red hot, according to Michael Kay. They should about be. About that moment. You, they, they should, should be. It's wild how they I don't, don't know is count. that un, is that unprofessional? Yeah, for that. No, like I don't, that's it's not it's not unprofessional. It's, I think that's the moment though, right? Yeah. Like that's Molly Kieran going, they don't count. Right. And then following that up with with all due respect, of, no, that's not respect. 
That was one of the big. That's like the biggest move at the trade deadline that made the Rangers. And look, I'm not even a hockey savant. I'm telling you, like that was a massive move that deserves like something. And for you to go, ah, they don't count. Give me the other ones. That's it's insane. Rangers, number six team in terms of fan support in the New York area. Jets, Giants, Yankees, Mets, Knicks. Am I missing something obvious? Because they're ahead of the Nets. I don't think so, right? No one, cares. no one cares about the Nets. Do you include like the out of like out of state line? Like, do the, are the Devils big out there? No. Okay. I was, I, the I'm Devils, asking the, the Devils and Islanders aren't bigger than the Rangers. Rangers are the biggest hockey following, and I'm not. I mean, it is like yeah. it's, it's those five, and then it is Islanders. Wait, no, Islanders are behind the Rangers in terms of popularity. Okay. Then it is way down yeah. to the Rangers and the Nets, but Rutgers. still, they have a pretty good no. <laughs> they have a, they have a pretty good following. To not say they don't they don't count, or what? to say they don't count. And especially when your audience, like you're geared so much toward the East Coast, like right, your ESPN, like that's a lot of what your thing is, and yet you say that the Rangers don't count. That's wild. Uh, he's probably right. Giants or Jets winning a Super Bowl anytime soon? I mean, it, maybe if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, but or trade for Lamar Jackson. Yep. But Giants aren't now. Now with Danny Dimes. And I mean, I guess it is a little bit bull. I get. You know, I haven't looked at the uh, the odds for World Series. Are the Mets actually ahead of the Yankees now? Are they about even? There, I think they're. I'll look them up. Yeah, I have to look. But I will say this because this also brought out a lot of like, good. We don't want Stephen A. talking about hockey. You don't know. No, this is an insult this to is, your sport. Th- this is the absurd thing. Say that again. That the the, the pushback isn't uh, anger at ESPN for minimizing the sport. It's what? It's we don't want Stephen A. Smith talking about it. You should want him talking about it. This is an insult to your sport. You want it to grow in popularity. If you actually enjoy these players and what they do, you want the platform to be bigger. You want more people to watch. You want more money into the sport. You shouldn't be sitting there gatekeeping going, good, we don't want them talking about it anyway. MMA fans do the same thing. Yep. When, when Stephen A. gives an opinion, they're like, this is so you know beneath us and infantile. You realize how big his voice is? If you get on first take, you know what sort of free publicity that is for your sport, which needs it? Come on. Yeah, the NHL should be pissed. Number three. Number three. Big Four at Four, brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is the number. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Boy, draft time, NFL, and the NBA always brings the lack of imagination. And, uh, you know, we've seen it with Anthony Richardson. You know, who do you, who's the comp for Anthony Richardson? There, there, have been some, there have been some Josh Allen, so that, that's, that's progress. And what I mean is don't go white to white or black to black. You don't have to do that all the time. You know, in the NBA – uh, the six-seven white in the draft is not Mark Price, who was six-one. You know, stop. Jake Hayner to Brock Purdy. Jake Hayner from Fresno to Brock Purdy. That is annoying. Can't and and Hayner's a little bit annoyed. Apparently, the uh, Raiders have talked a little bit to Hayner, who is not a terrible long shot. Very, very, very late in the draft. Mm-hmm. You saw him enough, right? Yeah. Good player, just very slightly built. And uh, Purdy is more. Should I do it? Purdy's more sturdy. He 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 is he is a stronger, stockier dude than Jake Hayner. So if that matters, but I think Hayner can play in the NFL. He might never might never be a starter, but I think he can be a backup. Right. Outside yeah. shot of being a starter. Look, I, I think with all these guys, you just got to give them a chance to see where they're at. But I I mean I was impressed with Jake Hayner in his time at Fresno State. He's an accurate downfield guy. And some of the things like the arm is it as strong downfield? Probably not. But like you said, you put him you put him in a solid like a, system. A Mike McDaniel like system where it's a lot of, you know, crossing routes and short passes yep. and it's timing. Oh yeah. I think he'd be a really successful backup quarterback in the National Football League. 
Number two. Mock drafts, mock drafts, mock drafts. They're everywhere. And Jalen Carter was a guy we talked about last week after getting charged with a couple of misdemeanors in that drag race that unfortunately resulted in the death of uh, two people in the other car. You said right out of the gates, he ain't slipping. I, you'd be shocked if he's – or you wouldn't be surprised if he goes top five. Hmm? What's the mock draft that you found where the Raiders are on him? Uh, yeah, so it's a three-round post-combine mock draft, which, by the way, I, I, I admire the dedication, but stop acting like we know it's going to happen past, like, the first ten picks. Yeah. Three rounds. Come on. Um, but in this one, and this is Anthony Farrer, who uh, works for the for Yahoo Sports. I hope I pronounced the last name right. Uh, he has Jalen Carter slipping all the way to number seven being selected by the Las Vegas Raiders, Steve. And this is something that we tackled with Stanford Route last week when we were on the show. Is that the right guy to mock to the Las Vegas Raiders, considering the history that the team has in terms of players and their past when it comes to, we'll call it, unsafe driving habits? Was Ruggs mentioned at all? Was Henry Ruggs in the accident mentioned at all in this? Uh, no. no. Nope. When you look at it, NFL teams have kind of questions for Carter, but the fact that he's seen by many of the uh, best overall prospect certainly buttress any massive fall down the boards. There's a lot we don't know so far. We'll assume a short drop with someone taking a shot on Carter's actual generational talent. Would you flip out if that's the way it turned out? I don't Ruggs, know. If, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say. I don't, Carter to the Raiders. I don't know if I would flip out, but I, I would think that I would be bewildered. Honestly, to 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 not put the two and two together, right? The 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 obvious connection there as the front office of the Las Vegas Raiders to not put that together and do that with that selection, I would be very surprised that they would make that mistake. Number one, news, chatter, rumor mill, all developing on Lamar Jackson. Big story of the day: franchise tag, non-exclusive franchise tag. So. He'll play on a one-year deal if he agrees to do it for $32.4 million for the Ravens. Non-exclusive part means someone could step up and give him the deal he wants, which is a massive guaranteed deal in the hundreds of millions range. They'd also have to give up two first-round picks. Trey Wingo tweeted out, uh, Jackson just turned 26, MVP in his prime, former MVP in his prime. He's as good as gone from Baltimore. You and I believe that could and should happen, but the story developing on the other side what looks a, looks a bit fishy is that uh, there's a bunch of teams that either told. I don't even know what this means. When when a guy like Field Yates sends out, these five teams are probably out on Lamar Jackson. What does that mean? Like, who told them? Really? Or is this gamesmanship? Because if the five teams we mentioned just a couple minutes ago, we'll mention them again, are out on Lamar Jackson, there's something weird going on. Right, and I also, okay, I, I tend to think sometimes that, like, we make fun of these owners and Roger Goodell and call them idiots. To a certain extent, they are somewhat smart. Like, if they, let's say they were actually 100% behind the scenes colluding, okay? Would you, would, if you're colluding, would you want to put out in the media, we're not interested? I don't think that would be the case, right? I think you would collude smarter right. than, hey, us five teams that obviously have an opening at quarterback are not interested at all in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the collusion thing's tough for me because I also don't believe that five owners would get together, five organizations would get together to essentially help the Ravens. And that's the other thing. Or is there a greater good, hey, we got to bust this union. These, player, these players are full of themselves and – Gee, damn it! You know Deshaun Watson and the Browns—they screwed everything up. We got to get this all in line. But let's like, let, let's use the Dolphins for an example. If if Miami were to get Lamar Jackson, we'd just plug him in. Don't you think that would be one of the top contenders in the AFC? 
So if you're in the front office of Miami, why would you go, nah, we're going to do that. Now, I guess the bigger thing is you're colluding so that players don't get these fully guaranteed deals that they're ultimately pushing for. But right. still, at the same time, I-, I can win a Super Bowl. Screw that. The five teams, again, are Panthers uh-huh. with David Tepper, who's a brand-new owner. The Raiders with Mark Davis, who's really league-friendly, right? No. All right. The Commanders with Dan Snyder? I, I think he would do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want my guy. I want to bring up the value of the franchise. Oh, the NFL doesn't like this? Up theirs. Who else did we mention? There was someone else. Dolphins oh, and oh, Falcons. Dolphins? Dolphins. The, owner there, he, the guy wanted to lose on purpose. But Freaking it, breaking rules. and, and good. It might have an extra grind because the it was thwarted from getting Tom Brady and Sean Payton in his super team. That's right. They've actually been slapped on the wrist for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I we love to run the collusion thing because it's happened a couple times in major league sports, but I don't know if it's happening here. I don't I, I don't think that uh, every team in the league can control itself from getting a quarterback in their prime. But to repeat what we talked about in hour one, Lamar Jackson hopefully is getting good advice and sees potentially what's happening here. He does have to get an agent. Mm-hmm. There's too much at freaking stake. He's got to stop messing around with this. Otherwise, it really is going to get super ugly. Uh, Adam Hill was saying he, he thinks in the end the Ravens will wind up keeping him and just getting him at a lower number, and all of this is going to work out for the Ravens. Again, if I'm another team in the AFC, I ain't rooting for the Ravens to keep this thing going. You know, they get the guy in the cheap. No way. No way. I'll I want, take I want to Colts screw fan. that up. Yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe Ursay goes, well, we'll say it goes rogue. Do it. Come on. Get him. No disrespect to the Rangers and to Patrick Kane, of course, but just just for Steve. Football, Knight. basketball, baseball. Yeah. Yankees or the Mets? One of those two. Or, or one of those two. Are you telling me that you believe that the Mets might win a championship he sooner than the Yankees? Of course. I didn't, say, I didn't say they would, but they're a You're great the team. You're the voice of the York Yankees. I'm proud of it, too. 32 years now. Good for you, Long. You don't look here. Thank you. But oh, damn I look, it. I look okay. up. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Why do you love that clip so much? I that's so that's the best part of the clip overall. It is Stephen A. Smith doing what he does best. He got caught for a second because Michael K. brought up hockey. He gets him to pivot to to baseball and immediately jumps on or or. And just starts immediately doing what he does yep. and starts like stirring the pot and just getting right back into character. I, I think it's brilliant. So John sent us a clip. We played it a couple minutes ago about uh, Michael Kay, who's on uh, ESPN Radio in New York, being asked by Molly Carum and Stephen A. Smith on first take, uh, the, the next New York team to win a championship. And he blurts out the Rangers, and they're basically like, the NHL doesn't count. That's not what we're talking about. And uh, as John points out there, they kind of lost it a little bit. Kind of forgetting, more than kind of forgetting, forgetting that, uh, yeah, ESPN's partners with the NHL, so you may not want to say it doesn't count. <laughs> and then Stephen A., once he heard Mets over the Yankees from a Yankees broadcaster, was went right into character, like, ooh. Right for the throat, baby. Let's start stirring the pot. Uh, Yankees are 750 to win the World Series. Mets are 8 okay. to 1. So 7.5 to 1, 8 to 1. Man. I'm getting into baseball prep last like like week week or so. Oh my, I'm so excited! I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the Angels go out in flames and then ultimately not be excited anymore. We're getting ready for uh, Mountain West Conference semifinals with the women. The uh, men roll out tomorrow, the first round. Uh, UNLV is in that. 
Nevada is not because they finished inside the top five. I just saw a celebrity. Just saw a celebrity. I guarantee you wouldn't recognize the guy the way he's dressed. I know he has a name. I'm sure it's well-known around uh, Wyo. We all have names. Well, the uh, the guy who wears the barrel. Oh, the barrel guy? Yeah, he's right He's right down there with the hat on, with the glasses, looking at us. Oh, man, but he's not in the uh, barrel. No. Well, I don't think he wears the barrel all the time. I he figured will. he did. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I walked out yesterday of uh, one of the tunnels at the Thomas and Mac. Yeah. And I looked up briefly to my left, and he was up there, and I'm like, head down, head down, head down. I don't want to look up the barrel. I don't know if he's free balling. <laughs> Can you we imagine? Gotta, gotta talk to that guy. Like the origins of the oh, barrel. Well, let's we'll grab him during the break and like because I, I I'm is this pervy or is this too intrusive? I I looked at his sweatpants. I'm like he's got drawers on, so I assume he'll keep those on. You can't go naked under especially at that age. I gotta find. I got a good picture of him. I gotta find it in my. Uh, I give him credit. He he stands the whole game. Yeah. You know, I, I was bragged that I stand every show, but I'm not standing this week, right? I could. Man, I I'm gotta, sitting down. That guy's in better shape than I am. Yeah, had a brilliant both rounds, this but, guy. Let's see. Yeah, the Y.O. Barrel guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Got to be honest. Oh, with he's you. great. It's great. The, the uh, SJSU duck is here, too. Oh, with he the bread? His, yeah, he had his loaf of bread yesterday. I walked up to him. I was like, because uh, the women were getting killed. We follow each um, other on Twitter. And then I saw someone, someone in Vegas who, who doesn't know who he is made some comment about, I don't know, uh, about his bit and his bread. I'm like, bro, you, you have no idea who he is. That guy, listen, for Barrel Guy to be here every year is very cool. Wyoming has a pretty good football program, and Wyoming's had success in basketball. For San Jose State in basketball to have – and football. Yes. But in basketball to have a super fan, because believe me, I, I'm, I've been up there 20 times. But say I've been up there the last six times – UNLV's gone there. That guy's there every friggin' time. And yep. if you looked in the one end and they've got high school bleachers they pull out, you know, with 300 fans there, that guy is sitting in that section by himself when they were winning nine games a year. So I love – I don't know who he is, what he does. We've heard rumors, like former athlete, still going to school because, you know, he's talking about not being able to go to the game sometimes. That's a fan. You're a fan of freaking San Jose State basketball? Good for him. Yep. No, I, I, that's dedication, and it, and it makes like a year like this, probably right. I would assume for him, so much sweeter to have the conference player of the year, to have a you know a five seed and be able to move you know automatically, of course, into the next round, to have an opportunity to make a run in this in the in the Mountain West Conference tournament after so many years. I mean, at least he got to watch Brandon Clark play basketball in an empty gym, but it's been nothing. They've had nothing. I, I am fans of those guys. Or a gal. Maybe the San Jose stuck, State Duck is a gal. I heard his voice yesterday. I gave him oh, a little, okay. little fist bump. He had, uh, I don't know what he was wearing, like uh, batting gloves or a golf club or something. So being a fan of a team. Got to get a picture of that guy. Is, is interesting. When you're a fan of a super team like the Chiefs, you know, there's one set of expectations. The San Jose State Duck, different ones. What if you're a fan of a team and they've got someone like John Morant and you know you're you're set for like ten years. You got a superstar player. They're probably going to pay him the money. And now you got this. And I don't know what this is, but let's set it up by we we just had a story last week where it came out after a pretty good amount of time had passed. John, where he uh, was alleged at his house to punch some kid like fourteen times in the head, and then was waving a gun at him. And then Morant claims, oh, that guy came back. It was self-defense. The kid was threatening him. I'm like, eh, that's really embarrassing. And then we see a story in real time. 
He's, he's on IG, and he's waving around a gun. So the NBA has reacted. They suspended him. How long is the suspension? Is just indefinite right now? Yeah, so that's – I will say that's the interesting part to start because it, it, the language has changed this entire time. Initially, it was at least two games. Then it was reported as just two games. Now it's evolved into indefinite. So that still could be two games. But indefinite obviously leaves the door open for more than two games. So whether this is going to start to get serious because Colorado police have started to investigate – uh, what exactly was happening when he went out to the club because it's assumed, I don't know if you remember, I think it was Sunday they played uh, the Denver Nuggets. They blew that game. It was a road game. They assumed that's going to happen in Colorado and the, the police are investigating, but could be two, could be more at this point right now for John Moran. The incident that just happened happened after they had a team meeting, right? Because they saw what was going on. So uh, set this up for us. This is uh, Shams? Yeah, this is Shams Rania who it works for um, stadium and has this report and you'll hear in the details of a locker room meeting that happened before this incident on IG Live. And what's more is I'm told guys that there was a players only meeting recently where Steven Adams, their veteran center, he spoke out about how the team needs to show better discipline on the road, how um, they need to stay away from going out uh, when they're on the road, this team is 12 and 20 on the road this year. They're stellar at home, but that's a poor road record for them. And I'm told those in the room, when Steven Adams spoke out, they knew exactly who he was directing this to. It was no one other than John ja Morant. And that's the troubling part, right? That allegedly, Steve, that meeting that Shams reported, according to him, later that night, Ja goes to the club and puts the video up with the gun. So, like, that, like the behavior and everything is obviously pretty troubling, but when you're talking about maturity and taking your role as a team leader seriously, for the veteran dude to be like, guys, especially you, like, we got to take this seriously. We can't win road games. We're blowing road games, by the way. In these fourth quarters, they've been terrible. They blew it against the Denver Nuggets on, on Sunday night. They blew it against the Los Angeles Clippers. Those are signs of tired legs that are out and about and not really ready to finish out a game. And that night, the same night, the guy's like, hey, man, we got to keep this, like, we got to take this a little bit more seriously. You go out and you get in trouble. Lots of media reaction on this. Tons of it. Uh, Michael Wilbon was on the NBA uh, Countdown preview show over the weekend, and he was snapping and screaming. If you are brandishing a gun, that can get you killed. Do we need to get more serious than that? So whoever's around him, what is it? What is your plan? What are you doing? You can't turn on TV for a half an hour without seeing Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley and Steph Curry and LeBron James, the faces of the league over a 40-year period among them, not to even mention Michael Jordan. Do you know what's at stake? Do you know the tens, hundreds of millions of dollars that are available to you and the opportunities available to you if you are the face of the league in good standing? Do you not see that? Do the people around you not see that? Nope. Not right now. No, he's, he's not getting good advice. He's not seeing it in spots. He's impulsive. At least it appears that's the case. There are a lot of people who are stepping up for him, though, because that was kind of – he was getting on him, but he was also getting on the people around him. Jalen Rose took this really personally because I guess he's had stories from the past where he had to make decisions and he made some bad ones early in his career. I am John Morant. Like, you guys have got a chance to see me grow up for public consumption since 1991. And I've been involved in drug raids. I've survived assassination attempts. I've been that undisciplined young person that was trying to figure out how to be famous, how to be successful, and how to change the dynamics of my family. 
Very interesting. Because after you watch that and you hear that, it kind of it would tend to soften the stance a little bit here, right? Mm-hmm. Like almost making John Moran a victim. Yeah. Okay. I guess I can see it that way. Yeah. I like I. I push back, I guess, on the thought of, like, there's this thing out there that Jaws got to make some tough choices. I don't think it's a tough choice. You have a lot in front of you. You can be everything that Michael Wilbon said. You're already going down that path of success. I don't think it's a tough choice. Well, if it's, if it's mostly other people's fault, which I don't know that it is. Correct. But if it's mostly other people's fault, these decisions aren't easy and, and – Jalen Rose continues on this because when you make a ton of money, there are a lot of people who suddenly count on you if you allow them to count on you. When you first get drafted, you go from being a member of the family, a member of the crew, to being the leader, to being the breadwinner. And first and foremost, I hear a lot of people talking about like his family and his crew. When you're the leader, it's on you. Because you end up searching that lifestyle. You end up wanting to be down. Think about it, John. You're still pretty early on in your career. Stephen A. gets wind of what you were saying a couple minutes ago and how much you like him. And he's listening. He's like, (laughs) this is a future Stephen A. And then all of a sudden, you're making tens of millions of dollars and you have a lot of people relying on you it's not easy to drop them not easy to tell all those people no it's Cofield and company on espn las vegas and espn sports reno a little more on john Morant. we haven't had a chance to catch up on what's going on with one of the best players in the nba waving around a gun at a club in denver over the weekend stories in the past of him uh, threatening people with guns. I don't know what kind of lifestyle he leads. I've, I don't know exactly what prompted Steven Adams to have a team meeting the night before, well, that day, whatever. Um, Morant headed out to wherever he was in Denver, um, which I think was a strip club, actually. We have to, we'll have to talk about it that. It looks kind of like a lame club. Yeah. There weren't we, that many people in the background. Like I, I, Someone on the show was talking about being at that place in years past right? and some fight that had broken out, but... We'll have to get that from that person when uh, it is back with us. I don't want to give away. I guess we, we have all male co-hosts. I can't really do the it. <laughs> can't, can't really do that. Um, yeah, so, you know, I was mentioning with Jalen Rosen and uh, Michael Wilbon and lots of other people, uh, in some ways, they were, when they were talking about the story, they were setting it up like, Jaws a victim. This is a tough position to be in. Uh, let's finish up with the final thing that uh, we pulled. Uh, of Jalen Rose talking about, you know, being in these situations when you're young, you're rich, you have a lot of people around you who've never had money before. All of a sudden, they're all relying on you. But ultimately, you know, who has to make the decision? It's probably got to be John Morant. That's him on the video, on his IG Live. Ain't nobody coaxing him. Ain't nobody got a, 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 ain't nobody egging him on to do that. That's a personal choice. And a lot of times, guys, As I mentioned, fame can be a drug, and I don't know what type of pain that he deals with and type of anxiety that he has or what types of substances that he may be using. And I'm glad in this statement that he owned that I need to make changes for me because as the leader, as the breadwinner, 
You control the environment. The people that are around you, you select. And a lot of times, unfortunately, and Wilbon alluded to this also, when we start to get fame, when we start to get money, then we try to feel like we're keeping it real. Get close, right? Get close. We're keeping it real. I don't, I don't know what he should do. I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's the people around him. I don't know. Maybe he cleans house, just his dad's around. Maybe that'll clean it up. Well, but it could be him. I mean, so this is what I wanted to ask you because Stephen A. went down the path of, like, criticizing T. Morant, his dad, yeah. about, you know, essentially, do you want to be the celebrity dad or do you want to be, like, a real father? And that's where I, I mean, I have no idea what their dynamic is, right? We've seen T. Morant. We know about, like, the kerfuffle with uh, Shannon Sharp on the sideline of that Lakers game and whatnot. Yeah. Like, we know everything that happened there. I do feel a little uncomfortable with automatically assuming, like, hey, you know, you got to be a better father. You have no idea what conversations he has behind the scenes with his son about the choices that he makes, right? Like, maybe, maybe Team Rand's telling him this whole time, dude, you, you pleading gotta, with him. Right, you got to stop doing this, man. But who knows? I, you just, you really do hope he starts to make better decisions. He could be a really big star for a while. Or he could blow it. All right. And he already. in real trouble. And, and like Wilbon said, starting it out, if you wave your gun in front of the wrong person, then. Might be grave consequences. And it is kind of odd, like the odd parallel of, you know, he's on a track to burn out his star really quickly, and he already plays a style of basketball as a tiny guard that could lead to a shorter career as it is. You know what I mean? Like those two things are oddly parallel to one another. And if that is going to be true, if you play an overtly physical style of basketball as a small guard, man, you got to maximize what your potential could be once your career's over. 364 Giveaway time. You can hear the uh, band in the background as uh, the lady semis are up here in just a couple minutes, about 20 minutes. It's UNLV taking on San Diego State and then Wyoming and Colorado State for a spot in the final and the auto bid. UNLV would like to win it after a great season. If they don't, someone's going to be bid stealing, and then all of a sudden that at-large may not be there for the Lady Rebels. We've got tickets to the uh, men's session on Friday. That's the semifinals. Of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, 364-1100, caller 7364-1100. You can grab your tickets at unlvtickets.com locally. Semis are great. I think quarters are going to be great, but the semis on Friday night are going to be great. 364-1100, your chance to win tickets to the Mountain West Conference Championship. I guess you can say I saved them for the tournament, maybe, hopefully. I can carry that into tomorrow and... Um, continue to shoot well, but it's not really about me. I feel like um, shots gonna fall and things are gonna. I'm gonna play how I'm supposed to play, regardless. Just as long as I continue to do what I'm supposed to do as a leader and uh, lead the team to a victory. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Vegas Madness. You hear Essence Booker from UNLV Women's Basketball. They're playing here in about 12 minutes. Trying to make it to the NCAA tournament. Four teams left. Final four is going on. You can get your tickets at UNLVtickets.com. Three games tomorrow with the men. Title game for the women tomorrow. Again, UNLVtickets.com for the tickets to the Mountain West Conference. We've got West Coast in town. WAC, Big West, Pac-12. It's crazy. Crazy times. Getting crazier every year. And, of course, we've got the West Regional here. Sam Paniovich is with us. Sam, you miss Vegas? Look what, what's going on here in March. I can't believe how loud that music was. I could barely hear myself think. Did you not hear how loud that was? Uh, well, uh, to pull back the curtain, which I think you love doing, um, we are doing a studio switch. So we've gutted our regular ESPN studio, so everything is jacked up. 
on our new equipment. <laughs> Ari's head is exploding. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a case early in the week where I thought there was blasting music playing at us, and he's like, "Yeah, that's actually not going on over the air." I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll just have to concentrate better. I I, I believe you that it was probably beyond uh, unreal decibels in your ear. Oh, it's okay. I was jamming. And, yeah, Ari <laughs> did sound a little flustered, but, but oh, that's okay. I mean, that's what makes Ari who he is. Yes. Uh, I can tell you, you mentioned some of these college games today, and uh, specifically the ones in Vegas. I bet St. Mary's last night oh, no. was three and a half. Yeah, I did. I took well, wait, three and a half. Wait, what was the number? Three and a half. When did you bet it? Last night? Like oh, you bet you bet the, you yeah, bet tonight. you yeah. bet the Gonzaga game. I thought you were going to reference the the bad beat push because uh, they were they were giving six and a half seven against BYU and they were up thirty. But keep going. Oh no no, I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about I'm I'm taking down the big tree in Vegas. You know, Gonzaga has been perennially the best team in that conference, and as we know, they have a very good offense. Some would argue it's one of the best offenses in the country. But you know, JVT, I think you'll you'll appreciate this conversation. Because we look at Gonzaga on Ken Palm, and it's like, they're the best offense in the country. And it's like, all right, well, they play Portland and Riverside, and you know, they, don't, they don't play anybody. So, I, you know, you look at St. Mary's, and I think their defensive metrics are a little inflated, too, because, again, they're playing at a weak conference. But I, I think Mary's has all the ammunition on defense to slow what Gonzaga does well. And I made the game a pick em, so I was happy to take three and a half. Did you play this game, John? I know we talked about it about an hour ago. You're not doing anything with it? No. I'm, I mean, I'm going to watch and bet in game. I'll say this. If it gets back to three and a half because it's two and a half now, I'll take a piece of uh, I'll take a piece of St. Mary's. I would tend to bet against Gonzaga only because the market has shown that they have been a very overvalued team all year long. they got a sub-500 ATS record. I think they've got 13 covers on the year. It's kind of been the case for Gonzaga all year long. So, Sam, in mass, we know betting went live just a little while ago, and you said there might be a delay before going – with the mobile, has that been sped up? Are we going to have mobile betting in Massachusetts for the tournament? It starts on Friday, so Woo. yes. And you can already fund these accounts. I've been on the phone pretty much last two days as everybody sorts, sort of, um, you know, sprints to the finish line, if you will, and everybody's ready to rock and roll. Nine mobile outs should be available on Friday, and there may be some chaos. Maybe it's only six, seven, or eight, but we will have multiple outs from our couch, from our bar from wherever and um the one thing i've noticed is that the sign-up bonuses have severely depreciated and i know when you say that terminology vegas people are like yeah who gives a damn we never got a sign-up bonus but if you remember you go back to 18 and 19 and even 20 when these states were were popping up left and right they were dying to get you the customer yep. and yep. they were offering if you signed up at book a you got a, a deposit match up to 500 or 750 or a thousand dollars, and then it turned into a free bet for 250 or 500. And the highest deal I see right now in Mass is if you sign up, you get a 200 dollars free bet if you deposit 200 or more. And the reason for that, gentlemen, is because these sports books have realized they don't need to spend money to get you in the door. You're going to get through the door by yourself. Right, and then. Sam, when you get in the door, and we've talked about this a bunch, as more of the uh, January and Super Bowl numbers come in, they get you in the door, and then around the country, people are just betting like fools. The win rates in some of these states are just pure insanity. Yeah, and, and again, this is a conversation that we've had many times. Yeah. Um, you know, the parlay numbers are insane. I remember uh, I'll always go back to when 
we discussed how Illinois made 44% of its profits in one month on parlay. And um, <laughs> that's just the betting habit of everybody. But guess what? Here's the other issue. When you turn on these television networks now and you're watching a pregame show for whatever team, whatever channel, specifically in baseball. Like I remember last summer I was back home in Chicago watching the Marquee Network, which is the station the Cubs play on. And before the game, here's Ryan Dempster's three-leg same-game parlay. Like, all right, very exciting. And it never won because they, they rarely win. But we cram the possibilities down your throat as a consumer, and you go, oh, I can bet 10 to win 90. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Guess what? If you make two, uh, $210 bets and three of them win, <laughs> it adds up quickly. Well, I hope mass with no bonuses or reduced bonuses is actually uh, not the beginning of something that's going to happen in lots of other states. I don't, I don't know that it will. Every state I've been to have had really good bonuses. John, you? Oh, yeah, right, absolutely. I mean, and I also like in some states the online casino aspect of it, which is a little dangerous. Um, playing video poker in the car as I'm driving around. I wasn't driving. Uh, Sam, who's operating out there in Massachusetts? Is it all like the usual players? Is there any outliers? Uh, I don't have the full list in front of me, but it's a lot of the same heavy hitters. We're talking WinBet, MGM, Barstool, DraftKings, FanDuel. Um, surprisingly, the one that I wasn't expecting to see is better, BETR, which oh, yeah. is the company that I think one of the Paul brothers is involved with. Um, so it was sort of surprising. And I, I saw that you don't really deposit money, you deposit coins. So I don't know what that's all about. I'm probably not going to sign up there. Um, but nine in total expected on Friday, and no real other surprises. Um, but I called the guy. It was funny. I called the guy at Encore at WinBet, and I said, hey, I'm going to put in, you know, maybe five, ten thousand. 10000 What do I get? And the response was, well, if you have 100000 we can talk. So I said, all right, let me get back to you. And I hung up. Okay. So um, that's where we're at in mass right now. Sam Paniotovich, the betting expert for Nesson, also Fox Sports. Uh, news today about Lamar Jackson. He could be available if someone wants to pony up the money and the picks. I was looking at the teams that could possibly make a run at Lamar Jackson. We've been doing a lot of spec betting talk on guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Hey, he lands with the Jets. Do you want to bet him early just in case? All of a sudden, maybe their odds shoot up. The teams that I looked at were the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Falcons. They're all 35-1 to 1 on down to win the Super Bowl next year. Is there any value in, in speculative betting on the Dolphins, the Raiders, Panthers, Commanders, or Falcons because of Lamar Jackson? I would buy one of those to win and the others to sell. Um, let me explain. Miami has the talent on offense to at least contend for a Super Bowl. I don't know that they could win a Super Bowl because, remember, they still have to outlast Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. That in itself is terrifying. But Miami, if they sign Lamar, they're going to go from 35 down to 20 to 1, if not lower. So that's a bet I would make that has some legs to potentially make noise. The other four, Raiders at 40, Panthers at 60, Commanders and Falcons at 80, you could buy a paper ticket, and then once he signs with any of those teams, you could sell that. You could go to Prop Swap and, and put that ticket up for 80. The market's going to go to 40 doesn't mean they're going to win, but you can make an instant chunk of change right there. Say you buy a, an 80 to one ticket for a hundred bucks and they immediately go to 40 to one by signing Lamar Jackson, your betting ticket is super valuable right now. And, and you can sell that before the season while the hype is still there. They start one and three, it's going to be worthless. But if you sell it before that happens, you're, you're in the green. So 
that's just another way to think about it in 2023. You can buy tickets at great prices. And not only do they not have to win, but you can sell these tickets on legal marketplaces like PropSwap. Sam Paniotovich is with us. John, I want you to explain to Sam what's going on with the six-man of the year where you're always in on this in the NBA and now uh, the latest with uh, Quickly, who's been on fire. So, uh, Sam, uh, uh, you keep track of all these markets for anybody who's not listening and it may be a refresher for you. So the uh, Emmanuel Quickly has shot up to be the odds-on favor to win six-man of the year over in the NBA. Ironically, his performance as a starter on Sunday is what got it done for him against the Boston Celtics to make him the odds-on favorite. But, Sam, I am curious, has this ever happened to you? So I have Norman Powell to win six-man of the year at 30-1. to I bet it before the season started. And he's like 10 to 1. He got injured. He might be on his way back here. So it might be a pretty big ticket. I think he's a contender for it. I was scrolling through one of my apps the other day and buried in my open ticket section was an Emmanuel Quickly 35 to 1 ticket that I bet back in October that I completely forgot about. Wow. <laughs> Must have been one of those tickets you placed when you were driving around or not driving around, yeah. huh? Yeah. Um, Good for you. No, I've never found a bet like that. But I have, I, let me tell you a quick story. I have lost a really good futures bet, like an exotic. I had Roethlisberger around 20 or 25 to 1 to win comeback player of the year. And this is after he broke or tore or did whatever he did to his elbow yeah. and came back the next year. And that was the year Pittsburgh started 13 or 14 to 0. He probably threw 40 touchdowns to seven picks. He was clearly the comeback player of the year. But guess what happened in week 12 or 13? Alex Smith took the field, and I lost my bet because that guy took a snap, basically. So it's a little different story with a much different result, but I, uh, I was very upset that my guy who actually came back and played well lost to a guy who just came back. Is, there, is that a conversation out there about Malcolm Brogdon being a six-man of the year on Boston? Is, is that something that the Celtics and their faithful talk about a lot? They talk more about Missoula to be coach of the year. Okay. And they talk more about the Celtics being the team to beat in the NBA, which I, I think you and I are lockstep on this. They are not the team to beat. They just have the best odds because everybody's bet them all year long. And, and uh, the crazy part about that is if you go to one of the books here in Massachusetts, you can bet the Milwaukee Bucks at almost 6-1 to one to win the title because they are so liable on Boston because everybody bet Boston all year long around here. And then when – Gambling went legal at the end of January. Julian Edelman bet $10,000 on the Celtics. And all these, these guys, I law, bet $3,000 on the Celtics. So they need to write everybody else, which gives everybody else value. So I, I might bet Milwaukee tomorrow or, uh, or Thursday at 6-1 to one out here in Massachusetts to win the title. Uh, last minute. Did you bet any of the college basketball tournaments, uh, specifically Big Ten, you know, your neck of the woods uh, previously, or the Big East? I like uh, UConn a lot, which is really not bold. They're the favorite in the Big East, but they are good, and that's also a team that has what it takes to win the national title. They are just loaded. Um, and I'm shorting Purdue. I think you and I are, uh, you and I are very uh, idealistic when it comes to how good Purdue can be. I think they stink. They got that big monster in the middle, yeah. and that's it. So I think they lose in the Big Ten, and I think they get bounced in maybe the second or third game in the Big Dance. Yeah, I don't think they stink. I just don't like running everything through the big man. I think they'll eventually meet up against Smalls and just get outshot. And I, the Big Ten is so balanced. I, I put in three bets. I bet my alma mater at 30-1 to 1 Rutgers. But I also bet Iowa because I like their offense at 18. It's now 13. Uh, no, Iowa's longer than that. But uh, Illinois at, uh, at uh, like 15-1 to 1 as well. So Illinois, Iowa, and Rutgers to pull off the long shots. 
wait till Purdue faces a team that has NBA sides down low. That gets in trouble. Sammy, you're the best. Oh, by the way, one last thing before we get out of here in like the final seconds. Cheesy jalapeno? Cheesy jalapeno. What is that? Oh, Little Caesars. It's a dip there. It's incredible. You got to dip your cheesy bread in there. I never had it until right? this week. Life changer. Cheesy jalapeno, Little Caesars. Check right. it out. The small joys in life. Thanks, Sam. See ya. I didn't know Chick-fil-A had eight flavors now of dipping. You ever had the uh, the sweet and spicy sriracha? No. That's I had the Polynesian, right? That's one of them. Yeah, yeah.